1: You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW.
2: Good morning. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. It's a show dedicated to getting you to retirement. As I like to say, over a period of time, I'm not trying to do it immediately. I'm not one of those instant gratification, have to do kind of guys. I want to do it a little bit slower. I want to do it right for you. I want to talk about different types of people, different ages of people, and that's one of the flaws of the financial show is that, you know, a morning show, with Sarah and Suck Up, which is heard locally in the Bay Area. Uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, last night I watched the coolest show, The Amazing Housewives. And that's the girl. That's Sarah. Um, And then he's just such a suck-up. But anyway, they can do a show of the lowest common denominator. I do a show that's going for something much better. I'm trying to get you to retirement. I'm trying to get you into a situation where you appreciate money. You know, uh, coffee. You know, we can talk about the cost of coffee and how it affects your retirement. I, I don't do that. I would much rather be honest with you and say, let's take a look at what we're looking at. Millennials. Are different than Generation Xers. Are different than Baby Boomers. Baby Boomers are retiring at such an alarming rate that we came up with, you know, data sets for it. When the Baby Boomer retires, real estate's going to crash because they're all going to sell their houses. It's what they're going to live in cardboard boxes now. But that's where we were thinking. Um, now we do know that the Baby Boomers are the, the densest part of our population. Tied towards end of war. Tied towards make love. You know, uh, good to see you back home again, Jimmy. I I know the war was horrible. I'm going to let you love me like no man's ever loved me. And we're going to make a baby. Baby boomers, right? Zooby, zooby, zoo. Zooby, zooby, zoo. So there's a whole set of data points tied towards retirees. One of them is that As they leave the workforce because they're too old. And they're staying in the workforce. Great recession hits. Well, a lot of things hit. Um, The dot-com boom and bust. Part one, you know, 1994 to 2001 quarter. So it was like a couple months into 2000. Greatest return ever on the stock market. And those baby boomers who were hippies in the 70s, who were peace and love, and you know, not materialistic, and somehow they all got to Woodstock. Millions and millions and millions and millions, hundreds of millions of 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 boomers uh, seem to get Woodstock, even though it's not technically possible. So they all get to Woodstock, and, they, and then the eighties come, and the nineties come, and they're they're buying BMWs. Their whole "let's save the world" just thrown out for materialism, and then that materialism gets wrecked with the two thousand stock market correction on dot coms and then real estate starts to work really well as we lowered interest rates you know one of the reasons housing did so well and this is going to shock you osama bin laden as osama bin laden launched terrorism in the united states it caused our bankers to say you know what we can't really upset the apple cart here so what what's wrong with upsetting an apple cart you know, I'm like one of those guys, I want to go push over to Applecart now, just saying that out loud. So our federal bankers said, you know what, we're going to lower interest rates. We're going to go from, you know, mortgages of 7 to 8%. We're going to march those short-term, you know, numbers down so that people have to put money in the stock market. It was a way of fighting terrorism, making money cheap. So our real estate has just this massive run from 2002 to 2006, and then it then it crashes. So baby boomers participated in the dot com because they had some disposable income. Then they participated in the, the real estate boom, and they just always get screwed because it's not the smartest generation. They're just the peace love generation. It's a hundred and thirty percent true. So with that said, you know they jump from one bubble to the next bubble, and then on comes another bubble. You know. My f- prediction the next bubble is Mr. Bubbles, which I loved as a kid. Um, remember that this weekend when you have your eight-year-old child. Kids love bubble baths. So I do a show that's, you know, I look at the different generations and I try to appreciate them. Um, and I want to get us all to retirement. I think I'm too late on the Baby Boomers. I'm, I really don't do a show on Baby Boomers. Baby Boomers, you're welcome to listen. But I would prefer you tell your children to listen. The Generation Xers or the Generation Ys and Millennials. And why we went from Generation X and we just said, screw Y, let's go to the term Millennial. Millennials were born between 1980 and 1995. There's 80 million of them at this point in time. They're growing in our population. Problems with them include high unemployment. High unemployment. High college debt. And affordable housing problems with generation Y they're, they're late to marry they're putting off having children which is okay but that hurts our economy because our economy is based on taxpayers one of the reasons I like South Korea so much as an investment stock market is that they have the highest degree of young people with college degrees right now and to me that means something so there's a society of, of well-educated young people well-educated young people do what? Yes, they go on raves and, and, and do ass, but no, that's not what I was looking for. Well-educated young people, they tend to spend money, and they tend to make a lot of money. And when you do that, you power an economy. You power an economy, you're basically giving into capitalism, and you let companies do what they do, and they're going to earn money. You're not going to see a lot of businesses out there go, you know what, I'm going to sell this $2 thing for $1 although that is a business model, and you could easily see that business model in uh, video games. The Xbox One, is that what it's called? And the Sony PlayStation 3, or is it 4 now? 3, okay. So they come out with the hardware, and it costs like 500 bucks, but it actually cost Microsoft and Sony six, $700 to make that stuff. So they sell the hardware at a loss in year one, because it's going to get cheaper and faster. So, you know, it's not Moore's Law, but it's a play on Moore's law: Smaller, cheaper, faster. Moore's Law is the doubling of transistors, blah, 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 blah. So what you're talking about here is, is smaller, cheaper, faster. And Microsoft and Sony will make money on the, the hardware next year and the year after and the year after. But they'll make a lot of money licensing the software so that other people can make games and sell them into. So, millennials, back to them, they're late to have kids. And again, now you, I just went on a total tear to South Korea on late to have kids. Um, my big fear is that a lot of millennials are going to be career renters from, you know, 25 to 35 years old because rents have increased so much from 2006 to 2014, whereas salaries didn't. Um, I think that's a problem. There's 80 million of them. That's larger than any other generation at this point in time. They've been affected by the events like September 11th where they get data breaches. They get terrorism. The housing bust, the financial meltdown, the dot-com bust, they've seen it all. They're pessimistic. They'll buy cheap beer, but they'll buy expensive wine. So they're an enigma. 85% of them want to do work that makes a difference. 71% of them want to work for a company that entitles them or encourages them in some sort of social work. We'll talk about investing and more. You can call the show today, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblack.com. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your Money on eight twelve twenty 1220,
1: KDOW. To Rob Black and your money on point KDO double and IR radio station. Welcome
2: back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Again, I pride myself in us having the ability to have a conversation. I trust that you get what I'm trying to do. I know that it's a little bit outside the norm. You know, when I say things like... uh, good debt versus bad debt good debt is homeowners or home mortgages and uh, credit cards bad debt is uh, credit cards Um, good debt is student loans because they typically be a little bit they typically are a little bit cheaper student loans are good because they tend to lead to a good career hopefully i hope that you get this Again, any debt over eight percent's bad because you're you're. If I had a mortgage at eight percent, I'd say pay it off. If I have a mortgage at three and a half percent, I'm saying don't pay it off. So just know that sometimes, like a lot of what I'm throwing at you, it may be a little too crazy for you. One of the things that I want you to do, as a young couple, and again, I'm still talking the millennials and the baby boom, and the uh, generation X at this point in time. One of the things I want you to do is get a credit report. You can get a free credit report at annualcreditreport.com. At that point in time, you're going to choose one of the three big credit bureaus to um, pull your credit. It doesn't hurt your credit score. It's a soft inquiry. There's hard inquiries, like when you go to buy a car. If you go to, like, five dealerships and say, yes, I want to buy a car, Um, and this one looks like a beauty, and they're like, Give us, your, give us your social security number. We'll see what you qualify for. Don't do it because that's a hard inquiry. Anytime you apply for a h- credit card, it's a hard inquiry, and it hurts your credit score. So I need you to, like, step up to the plate, so to speak, and take control of your own financial situations. Something that I want you to do is pull a credit report. It's silly. It's simple. It, you're going to learn something. It's part of the keys to success, knowing you know where you lie. I know I'm not the best looking guy. I know I got money. I know I got charm. So I know where I can play and I can't play in the, in the field of quote unquote dating. With that said, you got to know your game, right? I want people to know their game. If you're in a relationship, and I, I did a seminar recently... And I do these seminars for love and not for profit. I charge five bucks. It costs me a lot more than five bucks to get you into the room and get coffee and a donut in your hand. So I do it for passion. Uh, I do it because I like seeing young people. I was thrilled at the recent event to see three young couples. And I said something, I, I was kind of playing with them. I wanted them to go home and kind of like get into a fight. I said, are you a spender or are you a saver? And all relationships need to know this. Uh, Most of the time in my relationships, I'm the saver. On occasion when I'm trying to impress the woman, I'm a spender. And that's unfortunate. Something I want you to do is pull a credit report with each other. Tonight, have a a glass of wine. Pull each other's credit reports. Print them out. You get to hold hers. He gets to hold hers. No, she holds his. You get the idea. I refer to this as it's time to get down to some business. It's business time. A credit report's going to show you the age of the person next to you. He says he's 40, but here it actually says he's 46. It's going to say where he lived. Have a pre-interview before you do this. Hey, where's the last couple places you live? Where, Where have you ever worked? Uh, what's your credit history like? Are you a spender? Are you a saver? It's going to show you how many inquiries he's had into his credit report in the last few years. It's going to show you if he's missed any payments. It's just time to get a little bit serious. And Something I want you to do, and, and I, I'll i take it back, don't have alcohol. Having alcohol when you talk money, it, you, you could be a little bit more belligerent. And I don't want you to be belligerent, I want you to be loving and sweet. But, you know, back in the 1990s when HIV was kind of this scary thing that a lot of people didn't know what was going on, how it could be stopped, how it could be controlled, if you can get it from kissing. Like, there was a lot of, like, craziness. You literally had to get an HIV test before, you know, you, when you were dating someone. i got to watch what I say here. Now that doesn't seem so much because of current practices but I'll shut my mouth before I get too deep into this uh, I think showing who you are financially early on it, it can be a deal breaker and that's one of those that's a good thing not a bad thing the best relationships I've ever had were with people who've never missed, cre- uh, who've never missed uh, credit card payments or mortgage payments the best relationships I've ever had were people who were consistent in their background you know not opening too many lines of credit. So all relationships should go through this. You don't want to fall in love and then find out that you're not financially copacetic. You you want to be sooner than later on the same page. Your ultimate goal is to live with this person from age 60 to 100. So almost immediately you need to find out, can I pull this off? And again, once someone's 30, they don't change. People will make changes. Like my dad died when I was in my 20s, and it changed my perspective enormously. At that point in time, now I just want to do, do what's right. I no longer care because I know I'm going to die. I no longer care about how much wealth I get. I no longer care about how soon I retire. I just want to live a good life because I know in the end my dad didn't. Uh, my dad worked too much. He worked too long. He worked too hard. So do yourself a favor this weekend. Um, pull a credit report of a loved one uh, and just see and, and have a conversation. And One of my tricks on this is, is to talk about your parents. My father was not a saver. He was a spender on credit. My mom was a housewife who was given a budget. I look back now almost in shame and in horror that my dad would give her X amount of money to buy groceries with. And he would go out and drink his face off, which that could have been it binds a cute dress for my mother. She could have bought herself. A little bit tragic, a little bit sad. I think you get the idea there of where I'm trying to go with this. So do a little bit of business time. Sit down with a loved one and, and, and figure it out financially. Get on the same page. If you have to do a budget, you know, do a budget. How about one month he pays the bills, one month she pays the bills. So you're on the same page. I'm Rob Black.
1: It's business time. It's business. It's business time. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220, KDOW. to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW and iHeart Radio Station.
2: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I've got a angle of getting you to retirement. On occasion, I'm going to say something that upsets you or offends you. There was an article not too long ago about the fat tax. We as a nation, we tax booze, we tax cigarettes, we tax condoms, we, we tax whatever we can tax. Especially if it's a sin, because it's easy for a a senator or Congressperson to say, you know, we're going to tax that person who goes across the bridge because he should be taking mass, uh, trans-, mass trans. We're going to tax that person who smokes because you know he- he's hurting the healthcare system. Uh, it's kind of an excuse. What it really is is I want your money, and I want as much of it as I can get to spend on programs so I can get myself reelected, so I could eventually do something stupid with an intern. That's what I see it as. Again, I'm kind of cynical. So I'll say things like yeah we probably should tax fat people because you know it's a choice for most people I got an email one one time I said you know the fat tax makes sense cuz it's a burden to the medical community it's it's a burden to taxpayers with medicare and medicaid, medicaid you know I pay taxes and to see someone you know 80 years old obese going in for diabetes and dialysis and all sorts of heart disease issues brought on by extra weight it's offensive As a taxpayer, I want my money going to uh, making nuclear weapons, not, you know, making fat people stay alive for a couple more days. Again, is there a lot of sarcasm in there? Of course there is. So I love it. Or this is what I hate. I hate people that will reply to something like that with an email where they're, today I was delivering Meals on Wheels to people. And as usual, I was listening to your show. I'm a heavy female. I always have been. Your comments made me think of Nazi Germany and the Nazi regime, who did not like anyone who was different and not pure genetic profile. In regards to your comment about overweight people and a previous comment in regards to elderly, I consider your attitude arrogant. Should you ever become ill or depressed or have another reason to gain weight, medications? So she's basically said I'm a drug user. Or should you be blessed to be old someday? I think maybe your comments will cause you grief in some way. I would hope that someday your experiences will give you empathy and mercy towards those less fortunate. The people less fortunate maybe did not have the mental capabilities or brain of someone such as you. I've previously enjoyed your show and wish you the best. But you lost me today. Love, Jacqueline. I hate people like this.
1: I'm going to punch you in the ovary. That's what I'm going to do. Great shot to the baby maker.
2: If I could hit her baby maker, I would. But I can't. I find that people, for some reason, want to, like, take me seriously. When you shouldn't take me seriously. But you should see why I'm trying to do this. So she's basically an old fat person. In my my utopia, there are no old fat people. But there's no such thing as a utopia. And I don't get it. Like I quit you, fine. Jacqueline, I don't need you. And the point being is that you need me. And I'm doing the best I can. And to make financial news entertaining to the point that you're not like going, Ooh, that's Sarah and suck up. I'm gonna listen to their show. You want to know more things that I hate? I hate annuities for old people. They're often oversold. They're misleading. Guarantees on your own money payout. Very high commission product. I hate people who whine that they can't save and yet they dress real nice. They have a $300, $400 iPhone. They have a $100 phone bill on a regular basis. I hate those people. Who else do I hate? I hate Jim Cramer. I think he's an entertainer who never admits his mistakes. He highlights his successes. To me, he's the minister of the church of what's working now, and he flip-flops his positions, sometimes monthly, sometimes weekly. Who else do I hate? I hate the baby boomers. Baby boomers, for me, they lived on debt and more debt, and they took money out on a debt to buy more debt. More cars, more homes, more houses. Instead of living within their means, the hippies from the 60s sold out for materialism. Who else do I hate? I hate expensive weddings. I think everyone in this day and age should elope. Average wedding costs $30,000 today. That's sick. Couples should be putting their money into a nest egg, and that would be $250,000 later in life. So if you're in your 20s and you're doing a $30,000 wedding, you're basically giving up a quarter of a million dollars in the future. Um, And most people even finance their wedding. That's even more offensive, that they put it on credit. Or they ask their mom and dad, who basically don't have to pay. I hate up years in the stock market. I know you're saying, man, you hate a lot of things. I do. I really do. Up years in the stock markets, I want the market down. I want to buy at a discount because I'm young. I can buy more. I could accumulate more. People wrongly say to me that I've lost so much money in the market. That's absurd because stocks are at an all-time high. And if you've lost money, that just means you're bad at what you're doing. If you don't trust the stock market, it just means it's bad at what you're doing. It doesn't mean that the, I'm I'm fine. My wealth is at an all-time high. So I don't go, Bleh. I hate credit card balances over 8%. Um, or I hate credit card rates over 8%. I hate credit card balances riding month to month. You're not getting an 8% raise. So anything over 8% that you're paying on a monthly basis is egregious. I don't use credit cards irresponsibly. I never, ever, ever, ever go month to month like with groceries on a credit card. Credit's gonna ruin your life. Um, We enable teens to get credit, which I think it's one of the most vile practices I've ever seen. When credit card companies would come on a university, and you can get like a free T-shirt if you sign up today for a credit card. I hate Deepak Chopra. I'm probably the only person in the world who hates Deepak Chopra. I hate Tony Robbins. I hate self-help gurus. They make me ill. They nauseate me. I feel like a mouse has crawled in my mouth, died, when I hear blather of, You can further your life by looking into your life. Deepak Chopra. Deep moment. I feel like I've learned nothing. Okay, wait. That mouse that crawled in my mouth and died? He got back up and he pooped and then he died again. Like, that's how nasty and nauseating these guys make me feel. Here's a Deepak Chopra quote. This is exactly, I swear on this. Human beings are made of body, mind, and spirit. Of these, spirit is primary, for it connects us to the source of everything, the eternal field of consciousness. If that's not the biggest load of crap, I I, I, I don't know what is. So I hate you, if you listen to crap gurus like Deepak Chopra. I hate life insurance as investment. Whole life, variable life, crap products. Term is the best way to go. Every financial professional I know goes with the term, and they invest the rest. Sadly, our government lets insurance industry sell us these high-cost products, and I don't get it. You know, Congress is like, I want to protect you from asbestos. But why don't you protect us from crappy financial products so that we can actually have a nice retirement? Why don't you l- regulate the industry so insurance can't sell investments? I've never met an insurance agent who I, f- I considered wildly smart. I've met some... Insurance agents who were uh, high school graduates who were like, how can I make money? Well, I could do this. As I referred to it, the khaki-wearing crowd. So know that I have a lot of hate in my heart. And you can write a letter if you want. I hate life insurance on children. I think it's the most vile thing in the planet. Kids don't die. And when they do, you certainly don't need a paycheck for it. Okay, let's say you live in the war-torn, ravaged streets of, of Oakland, where kids do sometimes die. Move. I hate condos. I hate townhouses. I hate homeowner associations. Condos have no land, and their homeowner's associations act like Nazi regimes. There's my na- There's my Nazi reference, my Hitler reference. I got two of them in this break. That's, that's good for me. I hate CNBC because it's like... Uh, eating cardboard. There's nothing there. I hate Melissa Lee. I hate Marie Bartiromo. I hate Melissa Francis. They've got no degrees or expertise in financial planning, in financial uh, investment advising. They dole out opinions as if they're authorities. And I worked with Melissa Francis at CNET. She was a tech reporter. and She was hot. And now she's like the oil patch woman, and now she's got her own financial show. Today, the markets did this and that. Like, you don't know nothing. Just because you work in an area, yeah, maybe there is some, something about, you know, if you do it long enough, you'll pick up on it. But I hate that about financial media. I hate fools who think real estate will make them rich. They look for home runs. Real estate historically grows at a 3 to 4% rate. Real estate is tied to wages and interest rates. And because, yes, terrorism hit, our federal bankers lowered interest rates and housing's been on a skyrocket since. If we can live in a world where we have higher interest rates, which they're predicted in 2015, real estate's going to become very humble. Just so you know. Your ability to sell your home is tied to someone's ability to have the income to take it over. I hate fools who use stock options. I pity the fool who use stock options. Options, puts, calls. People are trying to like hit home runs. Investing in this game like baseball. You can't have one super fast pitcher without a first baseman, a second baseman. You have to have some diversification of your equities. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. I'm starting to go over some of the things I hate. I'll talk to you soon. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com.
1: You're listening to the best of Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220, KDOW. Say the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW, and iHeart Radio Station.
2: Hi, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You know, a lot of people are down on failures. A lot of people are down on losers. I like failures and losers because they help define success. You know, to enjoy the finer things in life like strippers and waiters on the beaches, these people had to be failures in their life. And for me, they're fantastic. Right? Oh, did I just defend someone? That's fair. Um, I don't know early on in my life when I turned like 18, 19 I was like, what am I going to be when I grow up? I didn't want to be a failure. I didn't want to end up with a stripper or a waiter on a beach. And for all the strippers and waiters on the beaches out there thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. When I was a kid I wanted to be a writer on a fishing show. You know there's those fishing shows on Sunday morning like on ESPN and like guy throws his bob in the water and he's like Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good day, huh? Good day, huh? You think he makes that up on his own? No, no, no. There's a writer that figures that out for him. Oh. I think it's wrong that one company makes the game Monopoly. Like, that to me, every company should be allowed to make the game Monopoly. Right? Are you with me? So I'm talking about things that I hate today. Uh, I think I left off with, um, I hate people who try to hit home runs in real estate. 12, 14 years ago, I was invited to a real estate club. And I looked at the people who were in the real estate club, and they weren't quite strippers and and waiters on beaches, but they were pretty close. Everyone wants to make it big, everyone. And at some point in your life, you're going to say, okay, I'm not making it big. I'm going to try to do something else. I'm going to change my game. Be careful. It's at those moments in your life where you're probably most vulnerable to even losing more. Other things that I hate, I hate people who prepay mortgages. I've got a mortgage at 3.8%. I would honestly have to be, go through a car wreck and have serious head trauma before I prepaid it. That's too low of a rate. When I count in all my tax deductions and I count in inflation... I made more money this year than last year, so that mortgage was a little bit easier for me. Prepaid a mortgage, you honestly have to be stupid. Or wealthy or stupid. Or like Dave Ramsey and his listeners, living in a trailer. Whoa, living in a trailer. Not that fun, huh? Even when I sing it, it doesn't sound like fun. Woo, fire up the Trans Am. I'm going home. Um, mark Timers. I hate market timers. The market's up 7 out of 10 years. How about you play that as your timing angle? I, I hate people, and this is my my angle on hate. I hate people who are fearful of taxes. I don't hate taxes. I made money. Right? Right? Now, again, do I think our tax rate, I, I, I hate our tax code. Yes, absolutely. But I don't hate taxes. I knew going in what the rules were. I hate People who don't play the lottery. People who don't play the lottery are too intelligent. People who don't play the lottery, they're actually saving their money. When I go into a local store and I see someone playing the lottery, I'm like, woo, my school district value is going to go up because more money is going to my school district. And that's going to get it, get this, that's going to keep my real estate value high. Good school scores helps real estate value. So people who play the lottery are just playing stupid, financially stupid. Odds are winning six million to one. Look, my dad was adopted. His brother, who was also adopted, was the richest man in California 67 years ago. So I have an uncle who was the richest man in, San Francisco, in California. And I didn't hit the lottery. I got the alcoholic dad. Like, even I, the greatest guy that you know, didn't hit the lottery. I hate new cars. Everyone who's listening should buy a two-year-old car it's 30 to 40% off. That's where the value kicks in. And you get this huge premium markup for buying new. Used cars are sexy. If I were to see a woman in a car next to me, and you know, I, it's, a, it's a 4, 5, 6, year, 8, 10, 14-year-old car, I like that's sexy. It's a smart thing to do. Other things that I hate, and I'm sure there's going to be more, I hate big TVs bought on credit. You're just showing your lack of salve. You're showing that you're not all that smart when you buy a big TV. Especially on credit. Uh, I throw a party once a year, and I rent a 100-inch TV because it's an outdoor party and it's a sporting event. I don't need a 100-inch TV every day of my life. In fact, I find them very annoying. I hate Manola Blonics. Oh! Did he just say he hates Manola Blonics? What's a Manola Blahnik, guys are asking. They're shoes. They're $400 shoes. Women, if you buy a $400 pair of shoe, it's a waste if you're trying to impress men because we never look at your feet. We're captivated with, you know, your elbows up. That's what you should focus on. Shoes are trying to to battle other women. It's women woman versus woman as far as the shoe battle goes. Uh, I hate Christmas. I hate Santa. Because people don't budget for the stuff, and then they go out and spend money on credit. You should spend, you should say, I'm going to spend X amount of dollars this year on Christmas. Go get the cash and do it. Don't go to the store with a debit card or a credit card. Just cash. I say find 10 friends, cut that list down to three, and that's who you buy gifts for. I'm Rob Black.
1: You're listening I'll to the best of Rob Black and your I Money on AM twelve twenty KDOW. Well, I hate everything. Well, I hate
2: my job and I hate my
1: life. And if it weren't for
0: my two kids, I hate my